This is Courage Cast. Faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Courage Cast. I'm Eric Nordoff. Today, we have an interview. I have an interview with Brent Gambrell and a great conversation. Can't wait to share it with you. It's going to be a good one. Good conversation we're having today. But I want to make sure that if you didn't listen to last week's episode, you should definitely go back and listen to last week's interview with author, counselor, John Eldridge writer of Wild at Heart and Sacred Romance, as well as the new book that he has coming out. We talked about it, All Things New. You will not want to miss that. Listen to it. Go back to listen to that episode in case you didn't get to listen to it yet. Well, before we get to today's guest, Brent Gambrell, I want to remind you of a few things in the Courageous community. First of all, you can get your confidence back. If you lost your confidence, I've been talking about this for a few months now, five steps to get your confidence back. These are the five steps that I take to get my confidence back. And you can do that. I really implore you to listen to these five simple steps. It's a short video as well as a little worksheet to help get you back on track at courageouscommunity.com. You just go straight to that website download the video and PDF, and off you go, getting your confidence back. Courageous Community Patreon page is the way to support what we're doing here with the Courage Cast. So www.patreon.com slash couragecast. Check it out. There's all kinds of benefits and goodies for you if you support the Courage Cast. We spend hundreds of dollars a month putting this podcast together, and I appreciate your support. Lots of freebies and things for you in there when you support for as little as $1 a month. Pretty, pretty simple. Thank you so much, those of you that have already contributed. Stick around after the interview for my key takeaways from my conversation with Brent Gambrell. And I'm also going to announce next week's interview, which we've already got in the can. You're going to love So stick around for that, and you'll want to participate in that. Well, this week on CourageCast, up next, I have the privilege of having a conversation with author and speaker Brent Gambrell. Brent's new book, Living for Another, released this month, and based off his conversation, I can't wait to get my hands on it. On this episode, Brent and I discuss the process of pouring out, being a regular on the mission field, Brent is familiar with the concept of service and feels called to preach a message of living life abundantly by losing your life first. In order to heal, in order to find fulfillment, we must make the most of everybody around us. By serving others and placing our focus on their needs versus our own, we enliven our faith and we enrich our relationship with Jesus. Tell you, anybody that's been on a mission field would know that this is true. Well, digging into the idea of pouring out brought on a few great discussions throughout this episode, and I'm looking forward to hearing your personal takeaways this week. 
I will give my takeaways, my personal takeaways after the interview, but I'm looking forward to hearing yours on the Courageous Community on Facebook. Well, let's get into it, shall we? I really hope you enjoy my conversation with Brent Gambrell. I'm so honored to have Brent Gambrell on the phone with me. Brent, welcome to the Courage Cast. Thank you very much, brother. Glad to be here. Absolutely. We're just down the road from each other, down I-65 from one another. I'm South Franklin. You're up there in Nashville, so uh, grateful to... It would only take five hours to get there in traffic now, so that's great. <laughs> especially especially <laughs> on Monday after the eclipse. It was, uh, it was yeah. a madhouse to try to get back here. Well, listen, Brent, um, you have a book uh, out and, and a ministry and a bunch of other things, so I wanted to kind of start with just kind of giving me... If you could give me a little bit of a background of of how you got to the place of writing this book, Living for Another, More of Others, Less of You, was it because of your ministry that you that you run or your ministries that you work on? Yes, it, it really is. I, I've both been on uh, you know church staff for years. I had I traveled as a speaker for years um, in the United States and and began a ministry in the country of Haiti about fifteen years ago. Uh, and so bringing teams to Haiti, seeing, seeing people pour their lives out. Um, the first half of my ministry, basically, I, I really felt like my purpose in, in, in the kingdom of God was to teach people their identity in Christ and to, to know who they are in Him. The last half of my ministry so far, and I don't think I'm in my last half, I hope not, but, <laughs> but the last half of my ministry, I have seen all of my counseling and teaching and preaching Turning to, yes, get to know who you are. But once you know who you are, get over yourself and pour yourself out because that's where the healing is. That's where, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, that, that, that's what we see. That's what I see all over Scripture. So yeah. that, that's where, where this came from. Go ahead. Do you find that people in the, in the first half of your ministry, do you find that people spend way too much time and make it way more complicated than they need to? <clears throat> I think that we get bored with our faith because we get so fat with, with our own knowledge of ourselves. Everybody, so much of Christian teaching today is, is know yourself, know yourself, and here's how to fix this, and here's how to fix that, and here's that. And yet when I look at the scriptures, Jesus says, they'll say, how do we do this, Jesus? And he says, the kingdom of God is like this. Mm. Or, you know, people said, you know, Jesus, do you need something to eat? And he said, my food is to do the will of the Father and to finish the work. Mm. And that word food was what satisfies me and sustains me and fulfills me is to do the will of the Father and finish the work. This book came out of many, 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 many conversations, many counseling times, many answers to emails. And, and I say I talk to students and college students, but I really just text them and they send me emojis that I don't understand. <laughs> but... <laughs> you know, I, a jackhammer and a curling iron and a sad clown face. I just don't get what you're saying. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I, so much of the conversations that I've had with, especially Christians, over the past 10 years of my life have been, is this it? Is this all there is to Christianity? Adults flower it up. 
I love student work. I love to work with high school students, college students, because they just say, is this it? Is this, you know, I'm bored with my faith. And, and they go from, they become either spiritual junkies hopping from church to church and event to event, or they, or they become real junkies, you know, or adrenaline junkies or something to try to say, is this all there is to life? Mm. And so I think Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundant. But he also said, if you want to gain your life, you'll lose it. Right. Does that make sense? If you want to gain your life, you will lose it. That is a voluntary loss. Mm. That is pouring your life out. He said, he said, I did not come to serve, but to, um, to be served, but to serve and to pour my life out for many, yeah. to ransom my life. Mm-hmm. Well, so this, that's where it came from, is, is me looking at people and saying, look, the me monster is attacking you. Mm. Tell me about the me you know, monster. Sigmund, Tell me about the me monster. Well, Sigmund Freud. Sigmund Freud was asked one time, um, and this is not confirmed, but Sigmund Freud was asked one time at a conference, at a psychiatric conference. It, I'm bored. I, I mean, I'm, I'm depressed. What should I do? He said, go find a bum and buy him dinner. The me monster's attacking you. Ooh. I had a guy sitting in my office. Really, the, 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 I think the seed of this book hit me when a guy was sitting in my office. And for about a good 30 minutes to an hour, he was telling me all the woes of his life, everything that were going on. <clears throat> and and I, you know, I nodded at the appropriate times, and, and I wrote in, in a pad of paper, and I did all the things I was supposed to do, raise my eyebrows at the right time. <laughs> and, then, you know, and then I looked at him after you know, a good hour, and I said, man, dude, your life stinks. <laughs> he said, wow. what? I said, buddy, if I had to think about you all day long, I'd be depressed too. Whoa. And he went, Brent, you're not good at this. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said but you don't know my life. If, if, if I had to think about me all day long, I'd be depressed too. Mm. And I've learned a secret from, from Jesus. And he said, if you want to gain your life, you'll lose it. Mm. And, and it, so I go about doing the will of the father and finish the work. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. And, and fulfillment comes from that. I, I talked to somebody, uh, you know, I, I, we bring teams to Haiti, about 18 teams a year go to Haiti with our ministry. Um, and when I have teams in Haiti, I, I sit them down and they go, man, this is so, how do I keep this going? Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. And mm-hmm. I say, you know why you're addicted to missions? Because for one week, you're the person you always wanted to be. Wow. You know? Yeah. For one week, you're loving, loving and caring and kind and flexible and, and giving. You have your spiritual eyes open to everybody around you to see their needs and to try to meet their needs. And, you, and, and you're sacrificial about yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's the way we were intended to be, to, to pour our lives out. That's the way we're to utterly spend ourselves for Christ. And, and, and when we do that, it pushes all the buttons in us that God intended. Yeah. You know, I, I was, um, I, I was raised in Florida and, and because of that, I was raised around the citrus industry. And I learned a long time ago that, that when you eat an orange, you know, you like, you like navel oranges. Tangelo's tangerines. I do. When you I, eat an I orange from Florida, oranges. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When you eat an orange, you're not you're not eating one orange. You're actually eating two, mm-hmm. because a, a navel orange and a tangelo and a tangerine are wimpy trees. Mm-hmm. And if you try to grow them in Florida, they'll die. So what they learned to do was splice them into the the sapling of what's called a sourstock tree. Mm-hmm. It is the most bitter fruit you'd ever taste in your life. 
but the roots are incredibly strong. When you splice it in, what's true about the vine becomes true about the branches. Mm. And it gets the, it almost has an oak root system to it that will not die. Well, what does that mean? Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches, right? Right. I'm the vine, you're the branches. What's true about, once you're grafted in the vine of Christ, what's true about the vine becomes true about you. Mm-hmm. And, and that, when you talk about fear and your courage, that's amazing because that's how he gives us his righteousness. That's how he gives us his, his, his power is that we're grafted in the vine. Mm. But that also comes with <clears throat> another issue. I know why lost people are, 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 are unfulfilled because of that God-shaped hole. You know, it's an old way to put it, but there's a God-shaped hole in them. Sure. Mm-hmm. And they're unfulfilled because of that. Yeah. But why do Christians become unfulfilled? Yeah, well, it's that's because he did move in. Because he what? Yeah, when he, when he did, because he did move in. Mm. When, he, when Christ inhabits you and you're grafted in the vine, the vine's life now flows through you. Mm. Well, what, when Jesus was asked, are, you're hungry, Jesus. He said, you know, I have a food you know nothing about. Mm. That word food was what sustains, fulfills me, and satisfies me. Mm-hmm. To do the will of the Father and finish the work. So the book, we study what the will of the Father and the, and, and, and the finished work is. The will of the Father is the redemption of man. Mm-hmm. To redeem man. That means not just to save him, but to make the very most of him. So we will only be fulfilled when we're making the most of everybody around us. Mm-hmm. When we're the biggest fan of everybody around us. Yeah. At the same time, at the same time, I look at um, the, 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 the unfinished work is the glorification of God. Mm-hmm. When we're glorifying God, you know, Jesus said it is finished, but he only finished what he was supposed to do. Right. <laughs> right. You know, yep. he said greater things that he did, you would do. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered so about that's that. Why. Yeah, that that greater things that didn't mean didn't mean better. It meant greater outreach. Mm-hmm. David Platt said that at the Sin Conference last year, that word greater there meant greater, more expansive outreach. Yeah. So I'm to make the most of everybody around me. I'm to be the biggest fan of them. I'm to do the most redeeming thing for them. And then I'm to glorify God with every part of my body. Well, that's pouring your life out. Yeah, that and looks like that pouring process, your life out. That that looks like... Yeah. I, I've never... Huh, that's a very good way of, I mean, I've looked at it that way, but when you dive deeper into it, I've never heard the expression, being a fan of everyone around you. Is yeah, that what you said? Is yeah, that what you it, said, it, being a fan yeah, of everyone around you? Yeah, being the biggest fan. Yeah, if you're to redeem, when you think of the word redeem, what do you think of? A coupon. A coupon, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My mother had coupons for everything as a child. It embarrassed me to death. Yeah. But she would... You, you, if you have a coupon for Chick-fil-A, because that's what we Christians do, if you have a Chick-fil-A coupon yeah. and it says a dollar off, are you going to walk up and say, no, just 50 cents, thanks? Right. No, you're going to wait till double coupon days. You're going to redeem it for the most you can get out of it. That's what redeem means. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to, around everyone that God puts in my path, I'm supposed to be a redeemer for. I'm the hands and feet of the redeemer on the planet. Mm-hmm. That's a great Not calling, for a self. great adventure. Yeah. It is. It's so much fun to see because you, you see the potential in people and you can, you can pull it out of them. And it also, but so we, the book actually walks through the, it's not really ethereal and not really conceptual and philosophy. It's not a philosophy because we go into the actual and others. Yeah. 
Okay. The first part of the book walks through kind of the f- philosophy of living, but then we go into the another's because that's what I found in my study. I was like, I'm to pour my life out to another. Well, let me look at the another's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Love one another. Love one another. You know, uh, forgive one another. Bear with one another. Speak to, psalms to one another. Mm-hmm. Admonish one another. Encourage one another. All the another's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there are there are there are like sixty of them that I see. Mm. Accept one another. Offer hospitality to one another. Be humble toward one another. Fellowship with one another. So we actually walk through how you forgive one another. I mean. When the rubber meets the road, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. How do you bear with one another? What I found in my study was so exciting because I'm supposed to bear with uh, some people and I'm supposed to bear some people's burdens. Mm-hmm. Other people are not supposed to bear their burdens. How do you know? Bear with them as bear. How, do you, how are you supposed to bear? What's the difference between bearing their burdens and bearing with one another? What do you, what do you mean by that? There are some, because there were two words for bear mm-hmm. and two words for. I love words. I'm just a wordsmith. And, and yeah. you know, the English language is so wimpy. Yeah. I love to, to go back in the original words. Mm-hmm. To bear someone's burden, those burdens are the burdens that they can't possibly lift and they're crushing them. Right, right. If it, you know, that's why, we, that's why churches and ministries help the poor, yeah. because they can't lift that burden themselves. Right. We're right. supposed to help them yep. and share that burden. Mm-hmm. But there are some burdens that I'm not supposed to bear for you. Because that word bear, I mean, that word burden, meant a backpack thrown on the back of a soldier or a weight to train them. Mm-hmm. Train them. Got it. So if I, if yeah, I, if I take absolutely. that burden away from them, then I'm letting them miss out on their training. Exactly. Yeah. And so there are some, there's some things that... In other words, know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm enabling them. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I'm to bear with you while you bear that burden by yourself. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's that's and very so cool. It, it, it was really cool to watch, and, mm-hmm. and just just what does comfort one another look like? Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the book, we walk through the heart of the Father of God, the the, the heart of the Father, what His heart is for people, and how we can look through that to mm-hmm. see just how He feels about everyone else. Right. And then we look at the life of Jesus. So we look at the heart of the Father, the life of the Son, and then I went. I started thinking, you know what? I'm showing people the heart of the Father, the life of the Son. I think God led me here because I said, God, I need to see a guy that actually did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because yeah. yeah. there's no such thing as an expert. There's mm-hmm. not. I think experts are boring. I don't want to be an expert. Have you ever talked to an expert? Yeah, well, they're, they're just, not they're, fun. They're full of themselves. They're not fun at all. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I am not an expert in this. I assure you. It is the worst thing in the world to write a book about selflessness because your staff then constantly reminds you, hey, Brent, there's a book you need to read. Oh, wait, you wrote it. You hear it all the time. It's hilarious. <laughs> so my family, everybody, it's great. So, right. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but in fact, even doing this is cracking me up. Because you understand, I'm doing. We're doing self promotion of right. a book on selflessness. I know, I know. It's it's ironic. It's ironic, but the it world is. hasn't figured it's out horrible. a way to get the word out. I know. Without having know. to be self promoting in some way. So, I know. And I we'll know. and but we'll get. The, go ahead. Well, the last thing I want to tell you is that last chapter yeah. is about Barnabas, mm-hmm. the most important disciple who ever lived. Really? And we don't have one word he ever wrote. Oh. Not one word he ever wrote. Yet we wouldn't have 14 books of the New Testament and the, or even the word Christianity. That's the cliffhanger. Hmm. <laughs> Tell so me why. A, Tell me a, why. What, 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 was, what was it about Barnabas that 
that makes him the greatest disciple. Well, Barnabas, Barnabas, we don't have one word he ever wrote, but who did? Who wouldn't we have if we didn't have Barnabas? We wouldn't have Paul. Mm. No one believed in Barnabas uh, in Paul, but Barnabas. Mm-hmm. Barnabas sacrificed his very re- reputation for Paul, mm. and and funded his ministry until they had such a fight that that he lost his reputation and. And they split. Well, yeah, I've, always seen, I've always sort of seen Barnabas, and this is my lack of education, but I've always seen Barnabas as as a kind of a uh, an annoyance because he he uh, he 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 departed from Paul, and they they kind of went their the, separate the ways. The argument was, yeah, the argument was this though. Barnabas saw something in Paul, right? Right. And he redeemed him. He made the most of him. He, he went to the churches. You know Paul's first missionary journey? You see those maps in the back of your Bible? Yeah. Paul's first and second. Paul's first missionary journey was not Paul's. It was Barnabas's. Mm. No one knew him. And those that knew him thought they were gonna, he was going to kill them. Yeah. So he just would say, on my reputation, let him speak. Barnabas was a treasure of many of those churches. Yeah. It had oh. begun. Yeah. Okay. So then they, had, they, they go on this missionary journey, and a guy named John Mark... Barnabas' cousin goes with him. The argument ensued when John Mark left them. Mm-hmm. He chickened out when they started getting, you know, people were stoning them and putting them in prison. He chickened out, went back to Jerusalem. Well, then when they go on their second missionary journey, Barnabas says, hey, let's give him another chance. And Paul goes, I'm sorry. I don't think we should give him another chance. He did, you know, he did leave us. Yeah. Can you imagine the argument from, I mean, what would be the argument from Barnabas? Oh, excuse me, Saul. Oh, wait, I mean, Paul. Second chances? Really? Really, Paul? Really? You know, I can just see it. Mm-hmm. And so he risked his reputation again on John Mark, mm-hmm. and this time it didn't pay off. They split. Yeah. But what you don't see is behind the scenes, John Mark travels with him, with Barnabas, learns this servant heart that Barnabas has, Goes back, and a guy named Peter picks him up and says, hey, I want you to travel with me. I see your servant's heart. Mm. Turns to him and says, you know what? I, I, I want you to pin this. I'm going to tell you what Jesus did. I'm going to tell you what Jesus did while I was with him. Mm. And I know you weren't there, but I want you to pin it and let the Holy Spirit lead you. Right. And we have the book of Mark because of that. Mm. Matthew, you see a king. Why? Because it was Matthew was a Jew looking for a king. Mark, or Luke, was a doctor. You mm-hmm. see a doctor looking at a perfect specimen of a man. Right. John was the beloved. Mm-hmm. That's where we get, for God so loved the world. But what do we get from Mark? The servant Jesus. Mm. Why? Because he was a servant. Where did he learn it? Barnabas. Mm. And we have the name Christianity. Why? Because Barnabas was the pastor of the largest megachurch in the world at the time when he went back in Antioch. Mm. And it says, and they were first called Christians in Antioch. The word Christian was a derogatory statement. It was meant little Christ. Mm. Well, how did they know how to act like Christ? They had never met him. The only guy they knew was Barnabas, Barnabas. their pastor. Isn't that cool? I I just love those behind-the-scenes stuff. But we don't have one word Barnabas ever said, but we wouldn't have 13 books or the 14 books. That's amazing. So he was the unsung hero. He was the one that uh, was behind the scenes living this adventurous life and um, yeah. thinking about one another, making great, becoming a great fan of the, uh, the, uh, the other people in his life. Um, yeah. Wow. Absolutely. That's exciting, yeah. man. That, that'll, that'll, it kick, is a fun that'll book. T- it, it, pull you out it, of depression and self yeah. self thought. Cause, uh, cause that we can get caught up in that. So, so you're, 
if you were to sum it up then in in you know just a few sentences the the path to getting out of the funk that you're in in your Christian life let's say you're talking to Christians because the majority of people on my courage cast are believers and let's say they're right. dealing with depression or sadness or i mean th- there's a big difference between clinical depression right and right. i mean are you, are I you saying in counseling brother i believe okay. in counseling i believe in i believe in if you if if you need oil in your car put the oil in there yeah <laughs> you know right. if if there's something going on absolutely and i believe in counseling good biblical, solid biblical counseling mm-hmm. but i believe the counseling should should allow you to look at your past look at your present look at your future do course corrections help change let christ change your mind and transform you by the renewal of your mind mm-hmm. but don't go so deep into yourself that that's all you do right the ends of healing is when you begin to pour out. I'm, I'm a child that had lots of issues as a child. And I always say that God has healed me too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like a scar. A scar is caused, it's a bump, because God heals the skin too much. Mm-hmm. And we do dermabrasion, scrape it off. <laughs> well, I, I scrape off the excess healing and give it out. Mm-hmm. And what I find is God continues to, that living water flows through me. We're to live our lives as, as funnels, not puddles. Mm. A puddle stagnates. Yeah. A funnel just flows through, and that fresh water stays in you. Funnels, the things not of puddles. Are, funnels, not puddles. Yes. I like that. Live That's... life as a funnel, not a puddle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, man. That is good. That is really good. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fun stuff. So, it's, been just, it's been a joy to see what it's done in people's lives already. So what are you planning really cool. on doing? Are you going out on and, and speaking about this? I mean, do you already have a, you know conferences that you go to? I mean, wh- who who's wanting you to come to? Your I'm conferences? I'm on the road right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we are I, I'm available. Yes, absolutely. I'm available to come and and speak about this and do weekends. We we want to call them not just another weekend, you know, <laughs> you know, or um, not just a, you know. I don't want it to be another conference, but it's another conference. Another conference. That's um, actually great. I love exactly. that. Oh, we actually have a T-shirt. That, uh, we're making a T-shirt that just says "Another T-shirt." Because you know how many Christian T-shirts there are. So, right, right. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, we. I, I'm. A, I'd love to come and speak at churches all over the country and at conferences. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been doing for a long time. This is a platform. I believe. I think it. Is, if we consider others better than ourselves and pour our lives out, mm-hmm. do you understand? That will cure racism. That will cure the angers that are in our society today. Yes. I don't want equality in our nation. Mm-hmm. I want to see you as better than me. Ooh. I and like that. Man, if we would just grasp that one yeah. truth and live that out. Everyone is better he than said, me. Yeah. Gosh. He said, value others better than yourselves. Philippians 2 says, humble yourself and value others above yourself. What yeah. does that mean? That means put a dollar sign on their head. And call yourself pocket change. Yeah. You know the old statement, we want I want to be to in order to see the change, be the change. Well, yeah. I say be the change. Mm-hmm. You you consider yourself change and they've got a dollar sign on their head. Ooh. Be and the serve change. everybody in the room. Yeah. They're a million bucks and you're the change. You're just the exactly. pocket change. Wow. Which I and do. So I, you know, that that makes me not I don't want to be colorblind in our nation. I want to celebrate you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Right. It's not just so, equal. It's not just, you know, it's the same thing in marriage. It's not, it's the cure for, for a, a really poor marriage too, isn't it? Uh, in, in some ways. Exactly. I, mm, I had a, I had a guy 
tell me, he said, I said, you want to free yourself from that anger that you see on your wife's face? Mm-hmm. Serve her. Mm. Serve her. Yes. I tell students that. You want to see change in your family? Serve them into the kingdom. Gosh, no Go kidding. home and make your bed for no reason. Mm-hmm. They'll think you're on drugs at first. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell students. You know? <laughs> but go and serve them for no reason. Yeah. And love them for no reason. And mm-hmm. it will freak people out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even divorced people. I, I had a divorce guy sit, sit in front of me and go, Brent, the judge is against me, and so is my wife. I said, you know, you know how to take the bullets out of their gun? Mm. Disarm them by loving them. Yeah. Show up early for your appointments and give $10 more a month than you were supposed to. Yeah. That's not easy to do. You do have to die to yourself in that. It, it's, yeah. Paul yeah. said, I die daily. What do you think he meant? I die I daily. I die to my desire, and I live for others. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh it's a cool so, concept to talk about but it's sure not easy to live out though isn't it no 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 not what, at all what, what do I you recommend we'll for anybody? what do you recommend what are some give me some tips and tricks man to dying to self you know share with me like uh what 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 do you what do you do on a daily basis uh you get up in the morning you, you get up in the morning put your feet on the side of the bed and say father I want to see your power through me today. Mm-hmm. Pour your life through me today. People get up and say, Father, bless me today. Yeah. You got to start with mindset. The, God gave us two gifts. We can set our minds and let our minds. You can what? Set and I know our minds and what? Say, I, I can set my mind on things above. I can set my mind somewhere. I can get a mindset mm-hmm. that says, Father, today, I want to see you pour through me. Mm-hmm. I believe we don't need any more education in the church. We need more revelation in the church. Mm-hmm. And revelation is when we see God working through us. Right. And what was the and other so, mindset versus mind let? You can, well, you, you can let your mind too. The Bible says, let your mind. It says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can let him transform you by the room of your mind if you'll just get in his presence right. and get his thoughts on the day before you begin. It all starts in the morning for me. Uh It all starts, it it all starts in the morning and I see it with everybody. Mm -hmm. What is your mindset this morning? Yeah. What is your mindset on? Mm -hmm. Is it set on your purpose for the, on on your, on the planet? Mm -hmm. You know, I I helped, um, I helped write a a book years ago. Um, I I wrote the student edition of experiencing God Mm -hmm. with a guy named Henry Blackett years ago. Yeah. Great. And I learned from him. Yeah. I learned from him. A very simple truth, and that was when I when I pray, Father, what's your will for my life? That's the wrong prayer. What is what's the center of that prayer? Me, God. What is your will for my life? Yeah, yeah. my prayer should be, God. What is your what is your will for this plan? And how can I be a part of it? Mm-hmm. That's the mindset. Right. Does right. that make sense? It's a subtle. Yeah. It's a subtle change. It's it really is a subtle difference, but it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, when the, yeah. when this is lived out. Um, uh, in your discipline, it, it is a daily practice. It is a daily it's a discipline practice. because it'll so it'll feel easier to do some days, but some days you don't feel like it. Some days you feel like thinking about no. yourself. Some days you feel like just oh, absolutely living for you. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, but we are doing we are working against the very things that will fulfill us when we do that. Yeah, yeah, and the the more mature we get, and the more we practice it, the more we recognize the benefits and see. Benefits. I don't mean being. I always say I don't mean when I talk about this. I don't mean being a doormat to right. everyone. Right. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, being a welcome mat, but not a doormat. You're welcome to come into my life and I'm welcome to, to uh, you know, you're welcome here and I'm going to, I'm going to treat you with, with dignity and respect and love. And I'm going to help you as all I can. Mm-hmm. But that welcome mat is outside the door of my house. Right. <laughs> and right. there are, I mean, Jesus, and there are, there's a, there's a, there's a point where you say, Jesus was bugged by his guys one day and said, Hey, they're all outside waiting on you. And his first statement was, Hey, let's go across the lake mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because he knew he needed some time to recharge. Yeah. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's not this desperate moment by moment. Um, well, you're not, you're you not know, um, martyrdom. There's, there's problem. Yeah. There's a, the martyrdom. There's a word for it. I was trying to think of is the doormat is letting people walk all over you and, and people abusing you for, you for your service in other words is kind of what you're saying they yeah you can serve them but exactly. then, then they sort of take advantage of when you f- i don't know there's right. a different you know well you're not re- you're not being redeeming if you let somebody if you let somebody become dependent on you yes right that's not redeeming mm-hmm. yeah. that's not redeeming and we're all smart enough uh, to know I, the difference we are I, you know there's there's 50 million books on top on the christian walk mm-hmm. but he only gave us one book and I always look at it and go, God, you know, there's there's three thousand books on child rearing and seventeen verses. Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and it occurred to me that Jesus had walked in the spirit instead after the flesh. And when I'm walking in the spirit, plugged into God, you know, yeah. when I'm when I'm plugged into Him and I'm listening to Him, mm-hmm. He'll tell me what to do and how to do it at the right moment. Yeah. And that's what He intends is for us to be plugged in. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. Yeah. Hey Brent, thank you so much for uh, spending oh, some you. time with Enjoyed me today. It. Yeah, this was really enjoyable. Um, where can people find you online and find a copy of your book right now? They can find me at brentgambrell.com. Mm-hmm. We're on Amazon. We're on. It's on. You know, crosswalking. You're just about anywhere right now. And pre-order the book, living, living for another. And um, and and then you can see me on Facebook. Facebook is Brent Gambrell, and uh, Instagram is uh, the Brent Gambrell because it was already a Brent Gambrell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that or makes Twitter sense. Twitter is Brent Gambrells with an S. Okay, so, all right. Look me up. I'd love to. I'd love to come to your church. I love that. I love that. Okay, thanks. We'll we'll put all the links in the show notes uh, for this uh, podcast episode, and make sure everybody gets uh, to, to uh, connect with you if they need to, and they'll be able to find you. Uh, one last question. And let's I have... do lunch. We're close. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I, well, I'll do that. Let's do that. What's um, okay. What's one way that I can, um, in addition to this podcast, what's another way that I can um, treat you like a million bucks to serve you in the way that that uh, that will get me out of uh, the me monster. Get me away from the me monster. How how can I how can I serve you, I te- brother? I tell you what. Read the book, and then tell me what happened. I want to hear the story. Okay. That's what I'm hearing already. I'm hearing the stories, and okay. those are what mean so much to me. I'm hearing people say, "Man, this 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 changed this small thing in my life." Okay. So yeah, that All that right. would that that's what's blessing me. Okay. So. You got All it. Right? You got it. Thanks, Brent. Right. Thanks. See ya. Well, my thanks again to Brent Gambrell for a great conversation about his book, Living for Another, Getting Rid of the Me Monster in Your Life. A few takeaways from this episode, in addition to the me monster analogy, the beginning of healing is when you begin to pour out. Maybe that's a message for one of you today. 
And secondly, we get bored with our faith because we become so fat with our own knowledge and self-awareness. Some good points to think about. My thanks again to Brent Gambrell. You can get that book. Go to the show notes, get a link to that book, and get rid of your me monster. Well, you know what that means. It's time for our show to almost be over. But before I get to that, before we finish up, I want to share with you who next week's guest is going to be. And that's Jessica Harris, Finding Freedom from Addiction. Her surprising, maybe a surprising story for you. Don't want to miss it. Can't wait to share that with you next week. A great conversation we had. Well, I want you to, to remind you about a few things. Become a patron of the Courage Cast at patreon.com slash couragecast. Get your free confidence PDF and video by visiting courageouscommunity.com. If you enjoy this podcast, take 30 seconds and give this podcast a rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way for people to find us. My thanks to Matt Price at mattpriceonline.com, as always, for providing the great bumper music for this show. And that's it for me. In the meantime, I'm Eric Nordoff. I'll see you again on the next episode of The Courage Cast. Again, I'll be back next week with Jessica Harris for another great episode of The Courage Cast. Until then, keep choosing to be courageous. Courageous.